Blog Talk Radio. Saturday morning, I'd like to greet all. I'd like to greet all the listeners in the name of peace, peace, which is a universal greetings of all the prophets from Adam to Muhammad. They all said peace, and today we're still looking in this new millennium. We're still looking for that universal peace that the world just can't seem to give. Um, today is a wonderful show. This whole month is. Woman is considered Women's Month. And I know, you know, it's like saying Black History Month only one month. You can never use just one month to celebrate the achievements for women, and indeed to to, uh, to celebrate the achievements of a people. But <clears throat> for what it's worth, this has been this has been designated as Women's Month. So my focus is for this particular month is to try to highlight the dynamic women. In the diaspora and in you know in the motherland that is making a difference, that is trying to make a difference, that that are doing things that is necessary for the development of our country, and the women, the women's voice must be heard. We are a nation in crisis. We're in dire straits, and whenever there's a crisis situation, the ones that it affects the most is always the youth or the young people, and the women. Those are the ones that are impacted by any crisis. If you, look at the, if you look at the statistics for all women in Belize, it's horrible, particularly the working-class majority women. Uh, seven out of every ten teenage, you know, teenage pregnancy, eight out of every ten single mother, it's, it's, it goes on. They have the worst access to health care in Central America. They are, I mean, you know, education, housing, affordable housing, all those things are not readily available to our women folk. Indeed, to everyone, but in particular the women in Belize. So yes, we have, we have seen where gains have been made, and, and um, we have made some strides, but it hasn't gone long enough. There's still not unfettered access to and, and discrimination from the centers of power in that country. Or women are still relegated to the sideline. They're still relegated in the back line. They're still, they're still for the most part, not treated in, in, in equal terms. And when I say equal terms, I'm not saying that you should be, a woman is going to try to be a man. No, that's not my argument. My argument is that we should give them the respect that they deserve as far as ability to do something. And I know I've heard the argument where some guys, and I was reading the blogs. The first lady just had this 20,000-strong uh, march. <clears throat> She came on a lot of criticism, which was surprising, only because um, you would think that anything that has to do with the upliftment and empowerment of women will be dynamic for any society. Belize is, Belize is no different. But there was a 
bevy of criticism from people who said, well, what the women are marching for? You know, you know, what about, imagine the beliefs without men. What about the beliefs without men? You know, so guys were, you know, some guys were being very, I say, punk, like little punks, because no one is suggesting that, um, you know, imagine the beliefs without women. Perhaps if I was advising the 20,000 strong, I would have told them perhaps the way you frame your argument is what caused controversy. I would have said, okay, let's, as opposed to just folks and say make it a woman day per se, why not call it just a family day to celebrate all women? In that way, you don't, you, you be inclusive of, as opposed to being exclusive. Because the fact that you say, and I'm not saying, well, some people say, well, what about the men who have, uh, um, you know, 20,000 strong men or million men march? Yes, I wouldn't do that either. I would make it a family day so everyone can come and celebrate the achievement or celebrate, you know, the potential that the, that these groups have. So I think that basically is what caused much of the controversy because it wasn't presented in that format. It was presented, and so elements seize, seize upon it to, to, to cause negativity by saying, oh, well, you know, you must be a B, um, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the gay movement is trying to take it over or, or people from that, that particular movement is, 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 is infiltrated and taken over the agenda and so forth and so on. And I think that was wrong and it wasn't right. And the, the Catholic Church decided that they didn't want to participate. They didn't want to support it. And again, they have the right to do that. I had no, um, um, no, no. I have no uh, qualms with that. That was their right. However, to suggest that it was just an LGBT infiltrated movement was, to me, a blow to the first lady, who um, went out of her way, and, like I said, she, you know, I, I would have done. I would have done I would have done it different differently in the sense that I wouldn't have just called it uh woman march. I would have made it into a family thing where everyone can celebrate, where kids can come out, where the whole you know, where everyone can come out and, and celebrate um the achievement or the potential for all women folks in a society. So I think in essence that's probably what that's probably what you know, that's what went wrong. But like everything else like everything else, you know, we, you know, we, you know, we, we moved on, and you know, we, you know, we, I, I commend the, all those women who turned out uh, at Jones at Marin Jones uh, Stadium to celebrate and to to uh, big up the achievements or the potential for you know the development of our country vis-a-vis our women folks. I also I also uh, uh, commend anyone who showed solidarity with such an important movement. Again, don't get me wrong. I'm, I want to broaden this thing. It's not just about women in our society. Like I said, we're all in the same boat. Men, women, children, we're all in the same boat. And so we, Belize needs each and every single individual. We cannot ill afford to. We, can, we, we can't afford to, 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 to exclude anyone. We have to be inclusive. So I felt that, you know, I'm not criticizing what the First Lady did because, like I said, I, I'm a, I was 100% aboard of it. I'm just saying to minimize some of the criticisms, perhaps she could have presented it as a family day to celebrate the woman. And that way, hey, all of us would have been out there. The guys wouldn't have feel uh, relegated to the sidelines or the guys wouldn't have felt that, you know, ex, you know, they, were not ex, you know that they were excluded from it. And, you know, we, I think it would have achieved more than 20,000 if that was the case. But hindsight is 2020. For what it's worth, from what I'll understand, from all indication, it was a very, very successful. Uh, it was a very, very successful uh, gathering, and I'm happy that it came down. And I, for one, 
stand in solidarity with the women folks in Belize. And that's why today um, I will be happy to bring on four dynamic women. Four dynamic women to my show today. First, you know, first off, I will be having uh, uh, Miss Marissa Alamilla, who is, who lives in Bamapan. She's a, if those of you may not know her, she used to, she was a former uh, um, standard bearer for Free Tongue under the United Democratic Party, I believe, back in the 80s, sometime. Since then, I don't, I believe she has distanced herself from that particular uh, party. Um, I also will be bringing on Aria Lightfoot, who lives in in Florida. Um, you know. She lives in the diaspora, a very dynamic young lady who, um, who, uh, you know, who has a master's in uh, public administration, and she understands the Belize issue like no other, you know. Um, I also will be bringing on Carlin Trench Sanderford. She is the deputy party leader of the People's United Party, and Carlin is has been a childhood friend of mine. I've known her since I was a kid, actually, you know, um, her, her and her family. And um, she holds degrees in engineering, law, and planning, but her main focus is studying and environmental law and community development. And like I said, she's currently the, 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 the deputy party leader of the People's United Party, and she's primarily responsible for policy and reform. So um, she will be joining us shortly. Um, so far, I think I think what happened um, sometimes, you know, again we're dealing with technology. We're dealing with technology here, and we have to understand that sometimes these uh, these things uh, these things happen. Uh, you know, I mean, I try to go over it sometimes and you know, let make sure make sure that they you know they're able to you know use Skype because if you want to listen to the show, you can, and you don't. And you want to just listen via Skype and mobile, because we don't want it to cost you anything. You can call BTR Listener zero five one. That is BTR Listener zero five one. What you do is you type that into your Skype address, and that should that will bring up the uh, that will bring up the the show, and then 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 you just add it, and then when then you know how you make a call, you just hit call, and then it's not a Video call. It's a voice call. So you just, once you type in, you'll be you'll, you'll be access to the show and you'll hear it. Um, if that doesn't work, you can call the number, which is um, um, 714-242-6119. Now I'm waiting for these uh, dynamic ladies to um, to call in and to call into the show. You know because what you know they, what they do once I give them the, that address, BTR listener. Zero five one. They just call into the show, and then I know who they are, and then you know they because your 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 unique Skype address shows up, and then I know exactly who it is, who I let into the show. So, but as far as calling in, everybody have access to using the same technology. So I'm hoping that um that you know that they that they are not having any technical dif- difficulties um, calling in. But so far, I think Aria. Aria is on. Aria, are you there? Yes. Okay, let's let's uh, can you hear Aria me? Until, yeah, I can hear you perfectly. Um Aria, you are what part of Florida are you in? You're in Westlake Chapel, Florida, right? 
Tampa Bay, yes, Portal Chapel. Yes. Okay, in the Tampa Bay area. For those of you who don't know Aria, Aria is a blogger like myself, you know, who, you know, we're controversial, you know, sometimes. And she is, uh, she also has a blog called Toucan View, where she, um, Toucan View, not Toucan, Toucan, like the bird, where you can, where you can, um, you know, where she, you know, she, she writes on, on a public policy in that country, and, and then she, she writes, you know, a column on that from time to time, like I do also. You know, we have our opinions and we have our, you know, our things about, you know, beliefs. And so Aria lives in the diaspora. The other three women, hopefully, who, who are, you know, getting ready to come on, I hope they're not having any uh, issue because I spoke with all of them in detail what to do. And in the interim, we're going to, me and Aria are just going to keep talking until these, oh, okay, Marissa. Hi, Marissa, are you there? Marissa? Marissa, can you hear me? Okay, I saw that she... Hi, Marissa, are you there? Okay. All right, Marissa. Hello, Marissa. Can you hear me, Marissa? It says that she's on, but, you know, I... I don't, I'm not hearing her. Maybe she. In any event, um, so Aria, um, until we could get all these ladies synchronized, that seems to be the issue here. Because it says Maria Marissa is on, but um, I don't. I'm not hearing her. Um, okay, so Aria, what's your what's your uh, perspective on the Twenty Thousand uh, Strong Women March that that, that was just uh, successfully? Put off, well, put um, off in Belize. Wait, hello, Marissa. Marissa, can you hear me? Okay, we. Um, yeah, Aria, speak. What's your what, what was your impression of the Twenty Thousand Strong Women March? What, what what do you think about that? Okay, I don't know what kind of technical difficulties. Did I lose our here in the States with me? Okay, let me work out the kinks. So like I said, when um, we're dealing with technology here, and I know every week I keep saying this, but I have no control over these issues, and I try to prep my people before we go on. That way we don't. Um, that way we don't have to. Uh, um, I'm hope I'm waiting for Nancy Marin. I'm waiting for Nancy Marin to uh, to log in. I'm waiting for Carlin Trench to log in, and Marissa. Hi, hey, um, it's failing. Um, the the call is failing. Yeah, every like every so often it. Uh, Are you on your cell phone? Yeah, do I have to call in from my regular phone? I would use the landline just to be in a safe side. You know, I think that's okay. what it is. Try the online. All right, let me go do that then. All right. Hello. Yes. Hello. Okay. Hi, Carlene. You in? How are you doing, Carlene? I am good. Doing good. Great. Wednesday. Okay. All right. Great. I'm Motor glad that you're here. <laughs> okay. Modern yeah. of communication. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, sometimes you know, you I I try to explain to my audience that you know you um. 
that you you know once you once you call to, when you call, when you call from Belize using Skype sometimes the technology is not as because of the bandwidth and the speed and all that kind of thing a lot of times you know sometimes the call gets you know discombobbled you don't hear it as as clearly as you can but when I spoke to you yesterday it was it was like like I was right next to you so I was hoping that you would have that same audio once we got on this morning so how are you doing this morning I am doing good and is the audio the same are you hearing me well Yes, not only me. Everybody else is hearing you. <laughs> you you're alive now. You know, I mean, you you know, you're on the show. You're not just talking to me now. You're talking to the whole cyberspace right now. <laughs> so you know, but I was on. Um, um, I'm waiting for. Okay, Marissa. Hi, Marissa. Are you on? Uh, hello, Marissa. She says she can hear me, but. Okay, um, Harlan, um, I wanted to ask you, uh, what was your impression of the twenty thousand strong march that, that the first lady just put off? What was your, what was your, if what were your reservations, if any, regarding that particular march? Okay, I always believe, um, hello. Wait, hold on, uh, hold on one second, Caroline. Marissa, is that you? Okay, yes, I'm here. Okay, Marissa is on. Okay, Marissa and Caroline. Marissa, could you just hold it? Just stay on, Marissa, because Marissa, it's fine. I, the question I, I asked Caroline was, uh, what was her impression of the 20,000-strong uh, uh, women march that, that, that just came down in Belize and that just went down in Belize? And I, I, I want you to answer the same question, Just so, but I'm glad that you're on. You can hear us. Can you hear us, Marissa? Yes, you're fine. Great. All right, Caroline, go ahead with your answer. Okay, dokie, Edward and Marissa, good afternoon. You're in Balpan, I'm in Belize City, and we're on Skype. Isn't that something? Yeah, it's amazing, <laughs> technology. Technology. Um, yes, but in answering um, your question, um, Hubert, let me say first and foremost, as I point out, that any initiative that can bring women together to celebrate the achievements, the successes, the challenges, that women have gone through the experiences um, is good. Um, any initiative that speaks to empowering women to create solidarity um, with one another, and as I said previously, to celebrate one another is a wonderful um, idea. I would never in any way um, dispute that. Um, so I think in terms of that, to my mind, it was good um, women from all walks of life, for different reasons, for different purposes, decided they wanted to come together on that particular day. Um, the reservation I have had um, is simple. I believe that if you're going to do something, let us be very clear as to why we're doing it. My grandmother, who I have greatest respect and love for, who has died, Nelia D. Brown, used to say to me, she said, no wall is too high, no wall is too thick, no wall is too hard that you can't get over it. She said, look for the little grain that is loose and you start knocking. He said, but at the end of the day, ensure that when you knock down the wall, you know why you want to go over it because then the effort that you have put into it would have been lost. And I felt that what I would have wanted to hear from the organizers is we are gathering, yes, to celebrate. That was what I kept hearing. Um, 
Our solidarity, yes, that is quite good. But how are we going to utilize this capital that we have pulled together um, to address some of the key issues that are confronting not only women in Belize, but Belize um, in general? And I think that's where I kind of, well, we're rallying, rallying, yes, that is excellent. But what next? And okay. so that would have been quick, very quickly to capture um, uh, my response to your question. Okay, great. So you 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 were you wanted to see more a bigger picture. Great, Marisa. What do you, what was your impression of the uh, the, the, the twenty thousand strong women march? I think I I agree on the point. That my thing was that I'm why I didn't participate because I feel a march is just that a march, and then what? What, what do we do that? How are we empowering women? Where are we going after we have? Where after we have walked two and a half miles and listened to A lot of what was going on, I, I couldn't relate to some of the women that were the speakers. I, I didn't see the women being organizers, being able to understand the plight of the women, the real Belizean women. I mean, a lot of them knew, but came to me and said, oh, going because um, I'm the favorite transportation. I don't have to go. I really don't have the money in any end. So if that wasn't the case, I couldn't. Others were telling us that, okay, they're going because their work is giving them the day off and they don't have any of you and looking at a day off as a day off. So I'm going to shop. And what exactly, where, where is empowering? It was just like yesterday when the sisters came to Belmont and saw some of them wandering all over the place. Did they not get what they were there for? And it's what I saw with the march. I don't many women understood what they were there for or what would happen afterwards. Mm-hmm. So you felt that, okay, I'm, getting, I'm getting it from you and that um, you felt, again, there was a, there wasn't some, a focus, a focus that we could have. Uh, that, and uh, I think it was even, even it was even all included. I mean, for me, I think that a lot of the women that participated participated with with one knowledge, and those that didn't participate didn't because they didn't have that knowledge of the. So there were logistical the, problems that you felt. There were logistical problems as well that that you had issue with. I don't need someone to give me free transportation or free food for me to go somewhere if I believe in God. I'm going to get another one. And if you really want to see who believes in a cause, then let them cross those days. Then you're going to see who really is in the cause and who's not really in the cause. If you okay. force to do anything or if you provide them with certain injuries so that you can hear numbers, then you have lost sight of your cause. Okay, let me bring in another perspective for a minute here. Aria, what was your impression of that 20,000 strong uh, march that the First Lady put, uh, put off um, yesterday? Well, um, I actually love the idea. Um, for one, Belize is ranked dead last in the Caribbean and Central America for women empowerment. We're ranked almost dead last in the world for women empowerment. What why while some people might say it was not focused, it is not based on individualism where 
what were one person doing or what was the other person doing. It was symbolic. The whole idea was a day without women. All those women who attended, I'm sure, plays very important roles in their family lives, in their work environments, in different aspects of the community. And for all these women to gather for an event and not be represented that day at their jobs, at their wherever they were supposed to be, I think that is saying something so that, in a way, our society can see the importance of women within our society. Um, you know, while one woman might not need transportation or while this other person might not need something, the reality is that there are a lot of women who cannot even voice their opinion, who cannot walk out their house without permission, that are treated in a very infantile way in our society, that are given roles to play, that are told that they need to shut up, that they don't need to do this. So for the ones who could, that was awesome, because sometimes women need to see how other women function in our society for them to become empowered themselves. Sometimes you need to see heroes. Sometimes you need to see that one person who might have been beaten down in society, but somehow they were able to overcome their circumstances. And my very good friend, Verlene, she made an excellent point. You know, when the civil rights movement started in the United States, a lot of people were so used to being told what their roles were as minorities. You weren't supposed to look a white man in his face. You weren't supposed to do a lot of stuff. And there were people who were scared to step out of what was deemed the norm of society. When the civil rights movement started, it started with marches and speeches because you need to rile people up. And this is how political parties operate similarly in Belize. You know, when they have a rally, anybody could look at a political party and say, well, what's the point? Why are you going rah, 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 and all that stuff? But political parties know that when they have rallies, it, it, it um, kind of ignites their base. Yeah, the rank and of quality. Like yeah, yeah. <clears throat> okay. yeah, so what's the difference? What's the difference with a non-political event? I, I think what mm -hmm. they're saying, though, I think what, what, what Carlene, and I want you to jump in here, I believe what mm -hmm. you're suggesting is that, that, um, it's not that, that, that the, the 2,000-strong woman movement necessarily was behaving like a political movement as opposed to just a movement to governize women. Is, is that correct? I don't want to paraphrase you know, all the context here. <laughs> Aria, in the Aria. Um, Sorry, you heard what Aria just said. Aria, you heard what she just said. Yes. So my qu my question to you is, um, Aria is saying that political parties behave the same Wait, the way. The question you know. is to me, Hubert. Yes, to you, to you, um. Uh huh. Aria. Go ahead. Uh huh. Okay. The now, what you is, do? Um, please name that you want to respond, so I can why I am okay, being asked. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry, Carlene. What I, I guess I wanted to uh, piggyback on what Aria was saying regarding... Uh, right um, you, okay, so my question is, do you believe that well, that was one of the impediments that, it, that, this, that this particular movement for that particular day was behaving as if though it was a political party as opposed to just a movement to galvanize women? 
Um, okay, I, Herbert, just to correct on that, I didn't say we would, they were behaving like a political party. Okay, clarify The reason why rallies are so very effective is because it has a way of igniting people to action. Okay, so my question to Carly then, okay, thanks for clarifying that, Ari. My question to her and to Marissa also is that, do you believe that it was too polit- polit- politicized then? Carly, no. I, I, I want to say this. Um, all that Aria has said, I have no, um, have absolutely um, uh, no problem with. Because quite, uh, it is important for women to come together um, to rally with each other. And I continue to say that. But one of the things I continue to caution, and I stand by this, is to say that, yes, the civil rights movement started um, with rallies and marches and so on and so forth, and all that is good. You have to look at it as the means to the end and not the end. And I think what has happened with belief is that we have seen a lot of rallies, a lot of movements, um, which would say, well, we are non-political, but let us not fool ourselves. Women issues are political issues. I have heard different people from the from the organizers, from the participants, different people saying different reasons for which they went, and all that is good. The point is that when you come to decision-making, and I kept hearing this from Mrs. Barrow, and I, with all due respect, I don't call people first lady. I'm going to say the wife of the prime minister. I okay. keep hearing her say this, which was a very good point. She said, we want to see more women in leadership. And on that point, she's right on target because it is women in leadership who oftentimes make the decisions at the policy level in cabinet, at the legislative level in, 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 in parliament, um, sectorally within their particular sector, um, whether it, um, it's within municipal government, within community government, within little groups that get together. It is women who make decisions that have the kind of impact on the quality of life of families particularly. And women are central and pivotal to the structure and the strength of a family. And I've heard her say that, which is good. My point has been that if we are going to pull people together for a purpose, then let us declare because if different people are going to this right for different reasons, and those expectations are not going to be met, then people are going to say, man, this is a waste of time and become frustrated and disillusioned. I would have hoped, and I am still hoping, because at the end of the day, I am hoping that that critical mass that has started, it wasn't 20,000, it wasn't 10,000. I read within the newspaper, I think a reporter, Amandala, that they were saying the police estimated about 4,000. That is a start. But what one wants to see is that what happens next. Get rid of, bring some clarity. Move away from the uncertainty. Like I said, different people went for different reasons. Let us be clear. And once you are clear as to where you want to go, then let's say I come around, we can report back to the people and say these are the issues that out of that rally we wanted to address and pull in that critical mass behind the rest. But you can't be all we want to come up with programs, all we want this. There are numerous reports, Hubert, and Aria, and Marissa, 
You can look at Nancy, Nancy too. Nancy has just joined us. Oh, Nancy, okay. Towards equality of opportunity for equality of results, the Union Development Goal Report. You can see all of these reports. Okay. So let us accelerate the movement to the point where you can start seeing tangible results. And I think that is where I would have wanted to, to, to see go. Let us not squander the critical mass. It's important, just like what Aria said. But you don't want people to become frustrated and disillusioned because at the end of the day, I didn't go out there for that. This is the way I gone out there for. And mm -hmm. Marissa brought up a very relevant point. It can't be about looking at women um, within certain sectors of society. Women transcend different levels of society, different sectors of society. There must be a way where we can bring them all together and start addressing the issues and concerns collectively. We may not agree on everything, but I have no doubt there are some common issues that we can find going on. Okay, great. I, I think that, um, you know, from what I'm gathering from Aria, from Caroline, and from uh, Marissa, is that there doesn't seem to be a monolith, monolithic uh, uh, imperative, as, as uh, you know, as, when it comes to women, because most people say, you know, well, it has to be a monolith, but sometimes there's nothing that's monolithic, so there are going to be... Uh, differences, but as long as there's a, common, a commonality of cause, I think that should be uh, um, the, the, the focus here. But I want to hear Nancy. Nancy, can you hear me, Nancy? Are you on? Okay. Nancy is joining us from, from San Ignacio. She's uh, the leader of the Belize Popular Front. Um, um, Nancy, so we were discussing, you know, the, the march, and I don't want to belabor the point on the 220,000 strong march because we have we've discussed it, you know, uh, we have, we have, you know, most of the women have made their point as to how, what they, what they, um, uh, view, how they view the march and its effectiveness. Um, I want to, since you're from San Ignacio, I want you to give me briefly what was your impression of the march, so we can move on to another topic. Uh, thank you, Hubert. Um, uh, sorry, I joined you guys late, was having trouble with the connection. But, um, I, I think whereas the idea of women getting together and support each other across party lines is where we need to be. Now, I, I did not go to the rally, and I made that conscious decision not to, not to join them in the rally, um, simply because I work with women on the ground on a daily basis, and I know that the needs of women are much more than, than, than rallying, um, the amount of money spent on that rally. Can you guys hear me? Yes, perfect. We can hear you yes, clearly. Yes. Okay, good. The amount of um, money spent on that um, rally could have been better spent assisting women that really need the assistance instead of spending that for one day of women coming together. Um, and I do think that um, embracing the, ra the rally would have been embracing um, a, a whole package of different agendas that I don't necessarily stand for. So that's, yeah. that's the reason I didn't go to the march. All right, thanks a lot. Thank you, you Can I say something? Yeah, go ahead, you go ahead, Aria. Come you know, um, when I did my capstone, I actually chose to do gender, the gender gap in Belize. And this issue have been going on from 1970, sorry, from 1990, Belize became a signatory for the 
uh, Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women. Um, Belize has been doing a lot of different aspects, trying a lot of different programs, um, and have partnered up with a lot of different nonprofit organizations to try to address the different issues that um, women are facing. And some of the things, I mean, I even went through, um, I spoke to four very powerful women in Belize. When I did my interview, I actually found a lot of different studies on that are conducted on women in Belize. And the reality is that we have a society that is so divided, it is ridiculous. I mean, political parties, it, it, it is driving people to become enemies. And unfortunately, that for, like, while you said yes, the money could have been spent other places, money is being, um, money is being um, allocated to different avenues within our society to try to address a lot of the shortcomings of what women are facing in Belize. Um, we have a very fundamentalist movement that has come to Belize that are demanding that women start behaving as the Bible says. They are supposed to know their places. But here is the reality. A lot of men in our society are having multiple households of families. So the reality is that I might want to behave and put my husband as the, household, as the head of the household, but what happens when my husband has three or four households? How there is obviously a disconnect that's going on there. We also have a very inefficient bureaucratic system that was inherited from Great Britain after independence that has become archaic. It is, it, it, it is very difficult for it to address issues as they come along. Um, no party has seen the need to address our civil service system or even the way how we respond to policy issues in uh, Belize. We have centralized power that translates into men, a few men who are dominating cabinet, and it happens on both sides of the, the political spectrum where these men come in and they really dictate policy that are not friendly uh, to women. All right, that's an excellent yeah. point right there. And I want, uh, since we have the deputy party, the leader of the People's United Party, Carlin on, and um, Marissa Alamia, who, Marissa Alamia, who basically was, you know, uh, you know, who participated in the process. I'm going to start with Marissa. You know, Ari is describing a system that she believed that even though women might be empowered, the system, there's some endemic problems shortcomings, faults and shortcomings in the entrepreneurial system that, that will that will not allow the woman to, 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 to recognize to recognize their full potential. What is your what is your take on that? Marissa? Hubert, I run when I got into politics politics and on a UEP, not So what I'm saying from being on both sides of the city that yes there are issues inside both parts where they do not respect women to the level that maybe we would want them to. The reality is that I think that I'm my good friend, I do not think men are equal. We are equal women and there are equal men. I do not want to be compared to a man. I do not want to be equal to a man. 
if that is where you want to go, that is fine. That's the right. I have no issue with you. My issue yesterday with Biden, not only today, the 20,000 months, was it wasn't in the men's. And it, in fact, to me,
it was through Madame Lee's recognition that women were marginalized when it comes to owning property, that she embarked on a whole that ensured that women were getting out there and cutting land and marking their, their lots because the people at Hans, which was a man, were telling them that no land there, but they were issuing out land to men. And what did she do? She took her woman out there and then cut down the land. All of what is called most call it division was done through that process. So my thing is to have a woman who looked at the whole importance of property rights to women. Secondly, education. This was a time when only the the families or the children of the rich was going to secondary school and you and I and all of us know that education is an equalizing the poverty. Here you had in only the children of the rich were going to the secondary school. It was Madame Liz who said, no, children of the poor have a right to go to school. And that is why today we have Edward P.R. and Gwendy Zaraga High School. They were junior secondary number one and junior secondary number two, if you all recall. Yes. Those schools are now graduating thousands of children. But that was because of Madame Liz. And the third point which I want to raise from her was the whole issue of the credit union movement and the cooperative movement, where she said women have to become economically empowered, and she encouraged them to raise their money to start little business, to, to help with the education, to help with the school, and so on and so forth. Now, going back to the rally, yes, it is to pull that critical that. I can tell you that Madame Lee during her day, pulled three to four to thousand women across the league. And that was the force that were able to say, this is what we are going to do. And when the men decided they were not going to support, for example, when they told them they cannot get the land for the school, because the land is swamp, Mamlez and her went out there with their saw and cut down the land till the end, became, um, um, what was it, the detection? And then they end up out there and done. The point oh, I, the reason why I bring this up to Greta and Aria and Marissa and Nancy is that we, we, it's fashionable to say we want more women in politics. It is not only about quantity, it is about going into politics with a purpose. And if we continue this, oh, we just want more women for politics, is that going to solve the issues of poverty? Is that going to solve the issue of unemployment? Is that going to solve the issue of our young men being marginalized? Because if you look at the statistical data, you're seeing that, yes, there are a lot of areas that women need to reach, but there is also a converse situation where our young men are being marginalized. So my point in all of this is to say, as a, as a woman in politics, I have always said, let us be focused on the issues. It is not so much about quantity we want more women, but we want more women, yes, but more women with a sense of purpose. And within our political party, I can say to you that we were able to change our constitution because we see the importance of women in decision-making. Change our constitution to ensure that it says minimum of 30% women in all levels of governance and decision-making. And I think we, and I think I can say that we are the first political party 
to do that. And that's a major achievement. It never involved not much um, noise. It was a constant, subtle campaign on the ground with our women in our party and to say to them that if we're going to effect change, we need to put it in our constitution. Now we have in our constitution, we do our roadmap and rally behind it. And that is what I would want to see with the UDP, the VIP, and the political parties. Because I think Rwanda, they like to use it as an example, and in certain areas, it's an excellent example. To say when women from across the political divide join together on issues that are common to us and common to women, we can make a go. But it has to be with respect for one another. I have no problem with anybody joining the UDP. As a woman, I have no problem with anybody joining the VP. In fact, I encourage women, I say, join political parties because that is where decisions are made, but it is not only there. Okay. Um, uh, Nancy, wait, hang, oh, hang on a second, uh, Aria. Uh, are you going to get a chance to respond? Nancy, are you there? Yes, Hubert. Okay, I know you, I mean, you, you know, you're out west. I mean, Carolyn said a, a lot. I mean, and I, and I, I, I you know, I, I, I know that there are a lot of issues as it relates to to, to, to the empowerment of women, and you know we have to overcome you know that machismo in our society where we you know we believe that you know it's male driven and that also is an issue. But um, specifically, what Carlin touched upon regarding you know organizations to, that, that 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 have the ability or at least have the you believe that it's only a political organization that has the ability to empower women. Uh, Hubert, I, I think that, that we have to focus on women empowering women. Um, we, I was one of the uh, graduates of the first um, women in politics uh, training with Anne-Marie Williams. And uh, pitifully, I'm of the belief that it's really all just what we're supposed to do. But when you leave these trainings that, that they get so much funding for, there is no backbone to it. You go out there and you're left on your own and you're slattered and the women do not come together. The women that are in position, and, and I have to call Caroline on that, like Caroline, um, do not go out and support other women and that's where we're failing. If we women don't believe in women, then how can we ask the men to believe in us? Um, I, I speak from my own experience that um, I, we agreed that we would go across party line and support women in both parties or any parties or independents. And I went to village councils to support women that run independent. And I marched with them. I campaigned with them. I went out and supported Anne-Marie. When I ran my convention, absolutely none of the women came to support me from the PUP. So when she talks about all the great things that Madame Liz did and stuff, I applaud it. But we want to know now, what are we doing now to support women in politics? What is, is Carolyn doing now to bring in more women in the PUP and to not just bring them in and then leave them out uh, to dry or hang them out to dry, but to actually support them and push for women in politics? Um, I was also a part of, um, of Win Belize. Uh, when they asked to nominate uh, women, the PM asked them to nominate somebody to the Senate. Instead of nominating a woman, they nominate a gay man. Now, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not talking anything against homosexuality, 
but he's not a woman. And in Win Belize, we were supposed to nominate a woman. So when we talk about all these organizations that are supposed to be preparing women for politics and supposed to be supporting women, I don't see it. So to me, the flaw is within us women. We're not, if we're not supporting each other, then, then we can draw a beautiful roadmap, like Carolyn said. But if we're not willing to walk the walk and stand by these women, then it, it doesn't really make any sense. All these organizations are wasting their money. Okay. Aria, you were going to, Aria, you wanted to inject um, on something? That, yeah, I, I do. Said. Go uh, ahead, Aria. Um, I don't know if I miss, misheard what Carlin said, but she said that um, we just don't need to support women necessarily to get into politics. We want the right type of woman. I agree. And I will go with what Miss Marin said, and I will say that I totally agree with what she said. There is an importance of putting women in politics. Women, statistically, are shown to actually get into politics and do their job, for one. They're statistically less likely to take bribes. They're statistically less likely to become involved in corruption. Statistically, they're more about their communities. So getting more women involved in the political leadership spectrum, there will be a, uh, a, a difference that you will see um, in the way how politics is operated. Um, I did this, um, I read this book, and it was Ms. Schumann who suggested that I read this study. It was uh, Deborah Lewis. And she did a... Um, she did an evaluation of the entire Caribbean. Someone, Lisa? And by the way, the entire Lisa Caribbean. What's that? Lisa recommended. Lisa Schumann recommended. Lisa recommended book, I read this because okay. I was doing a research. And um, Deborah Lewis, she did a study with Caribbean. The entire Caribbean is lagging behind. And the reason, one of the identifiable reasons is because look at yesterday example. The machismo in your face. I have to insult you all the time type of politics oh, that is dominant in the Caribbean. You know, um, I, like the, I like that policy idea that the PUP did where they have included in their constitution that women need to be in place. But we have to start following our neighbors in Latin America who is now surpassing Belize, and we have to make it a requirement. That if, if we have to even save seats and say five seats, only women can um, compete for these five seats. We need to do something because the, yesterday was one of the most shameful display. This is how divided we're becoming. It is a serious breakdown of respect in the entire political spectrum. And I feel like, yes, women have a tendency to be emotional, as people would call it, and the reason is we're more passionate. We love When we love something, we love something. And when we want something to work, we go out of our way to make it work. We are less likely to be making back deals and trying to see what, oh, you know, my, I already have $5 million in my bank account. Let me just see what I can do to add a million more. You know, women have children. They bear children. So many times they might be a little bit more sensitive to what is happening in their society because they know that their children have to live in that society. You know, women might not like each other and different stuff, but 
you'll really find that display that happened yesterday to be a gang of women versus another gang of women. That is unheard of. Mm -hmm. There is an importance of getting women involved. And I think the one thing I heard with Maritza is that she doesn't want to be equal like a man. I really don't understand what that means. Equality equality of opportunities. We need to be able to take care of our families. We need to be able to educate ourselves. We need to have a say in our future. This has nothing to do with trying to replace a man. This is trying to establish a society based on respect of each other. Women are 50% of your society. How could you discriminate against 50% of your society? It is, it is ridiculous, and we're getting worse. We're, we're, we're starting to, to lag way behind. I mean, we literally but, dropped right, let me like bring five in, places. Let me bring, let me bring in Mar- Marissa for a minute, because I don't want her to think that we're excluding her. Her audio was a little bit bad. She's in Bumble Pan. Marissa Alamilia, um, talk to us. I, re- um, I wanted to know, but I know before you answer that question, uh, we're coming up on a break in about three or four minutes, so... Um, then we then we're gonna come back in the next hour with these dynamic women. I mean, I'm excited. You know, this 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 conversation is a, is one that I love to have because you really get to see a perspective. You really get to see an understanding and innate understanding of why Belizean society is in the condition the way. No, ask the man because they can't tell you. They they give you all kind of speech. But when you talk to a woman, they tell you exactly. They call it. They call a spade a spade. That's why we need to listen to a woman because they have a unique understanding and perspective of why society has believed is in the condition it is. And Prophet Muhammad said, paradise lies at the feet of the mother. So if you don't respect that, then you have a serious issue, my brother, whoever you are. If you're going to come across with your chauvinism or think that you that you could put, you know, bring down the woman, like I said, paradise lies at the feet of the mother. Not said. We're going to take a break in a minute, but Marissa, go ahead. You, were, you, you said you wanted to interject something. Here, go ahead, Marissa. You're hearing? Hello? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. We can hear you now. Hello? You're hearing me? Yeah, your audio was a bit bad, but, I mean, go ahead. Okay. First, I want to address um, Nancy's earwit, um when supporting women that are in, in politics. First of all, I've always said clearly that I will support any woman that wants leadership as long as she meets certain criteria. I don't believe I can support the woman because she is a woman. I am sorry, but that's not the way I am. A woman must live up to certain lifestyles, certain goals. I well, Marissa, support just as long as, let me just I'm, say this, Marissa, just as long as you hold the man to the same criteria. Yes? The reality is we are not the same. Men and women are different. I am not in the same way you see women. I don't want that. So I will have a measuring can I have of measuring six women. If I relate to that woman will not I mean Miss Nancy, I don't know her any at all. She is on a PUP ticket at one point. I have spoken to her. I have read some of the things she does. I applaud her moment. I don't know her. So not being present at anything that she held is because I didn't even know they were being held. 
it's not like if she reached out and said, Marisa, I'm doing so you can come, or could you come? If she felt like I didn't support her because of that, it wasn't because she's a woman, it's because I didn't know. Where Aria is concerned, and Aria is telling me she doesn't know what it means that I don't want to be equal to a woman. A woman can't have kids. When he can have he can come in and we can be equal until we're not equal. And we are treated equal. Women are the mothers of children, and they are mentioned in the leaders. Oh, Marissa, Marissa, you know what? Hang tight. What we're going to do then, we're going to take a break, and then we may have to call, literally call Marissa on the phone. So, Marissa, we're going to call you, okay? I have your number. We're going to call you because I think your, your Skype audio of all the women that are on, I'm getting, Nancy is coming across clear. Caroline is coming across clear. You're breaking up. So, in all fairness, what we're going to do, we're going to take a break, start the conversation again, and um, you, Caroline and you guys can, you know, you guys can bear, bear, bear with us for another hour. Okay. okay, great. All right, Aria, um, Nancy, just hold tight. Marissa, we're going to call you after the break, okay? So just don't worry about the Skype anymore because I want you know, what you have to say is very important, and I don't want you to come breaking up like that. So we'll call you. We'll take a brief break, and we'll be right back. Are you listening to, uh, to Hubert Pipersburg in Los Angeles? And um, uh, I'm speaking to Carolyn Chenstein Ford, the Deputy Party Leader of the uh, People's United Party, Aria Lightfoot out of uh, Florida. Um, Nancy Marine, the leader of the Belize People's Front, and Marcia Miller in Alameda in um, in in Bamapan. Uh, we will take a brief break. We'll be right back to to catch up on this very very important conversation with these dynamic women. <laughs>
I think women need to, women need to, and I go back and say this, women need to know why is it that they're going to go in there. Women need to stay focused as to why they're going to go in there. Women need to understand the nature of politics. And being in politics as a woman is different as being in politics as a leader. There are two different things. And if you're going to go in as a leader, you need to be able to embrace the strategies and the approaches that are going to enable you to achieve the things that you set out to do. You spoke about impediment, um, Hubert, and perhaps, in my mind, the single most impediment is how we embrace change to realize and achieve the goals that we have set. Um, I spoke um, well eloquently regarding statistical data, and all of that is, is great. And I fully endorse what he's saying because I continue to say that, yes, we want more women in politics. We want more women in leadership positions. But we also want more women who are focused on their cause because when you're not focused on that cause, that is when you become distracted and and, um, and obstacles are placed in you, you become disillusioned and cynical. It has to be that this is my cause, this is where I'm going, and then you're looking at what are the approaches and strategies. I can say as chairman of the People's United Party, it's not everything that you would want to see, the kind of change you want to see, and even as a deputy leader, that you're going to achieve, but you need to be able to prioritize and say these are the ones that are very important. The thing that's important to was the 30% minimum in decision-making. We felt that was key so that when we pull out our policies, um, get ready for governance, that is going to be reflected in our policies. But if you don't get party to adopt it, and so the first impediment to my mind is the organization and mobilization within your party, but it starts with what is the cause, what is the purpose that you want to go there for. And I think once we can have that, we can move forward. The second point you have to look at, Hubert, is statistical data. Aria brought it up, and let me just mention, we need to also appreciate the history of the women's movement. We need to understand what is the reality of police today, and we need to then start seeing what is it that we need to change this reality. Um, if you look to use the education system, two things came out of a major report that was done by the IDD. One was that there is the issue of parity at the primary school between young girls and young boys. But when they pass that level and they get into secondary and tertiary, you see clearly the dramatic, the dramatic drop from the women, the boys, girls, where more girls are finishing secondary school and more girls are going into tertiary school. So if we talk parity, then we have to address that issue for young men at the secondary and tertiary. But something else that came out of the report, it says we are spending money and getting no value for our money. And no value translates into the ability to be productive and to get jobs. And so we need as a, as a people to start looking at some more evidence what is the statistical data saying to us will then point us to look at the issues of parity. Um, I looked at the media the other day, for example, and every anchor that speaks well, to you in Belize is a woman. 
I read the news and I am listening and I heard a young man talking about a sporting facility in Hostel Field that young girls have to go behind the, 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 the building to use the bathroom for change their clothes and so on and so forth. Did you get what I'm saying? We have to start talking about being targeted support to deal with parity. How is it in this day and age? We can talk, yes, we have parity in primary schools. The children, young girls, when they go to sports or when they go use the field, have to go behind a building to use it for bathrooms. And so, we need to, like I said, start looking at what are the issues that are not only looking at the quantity, but we have to start looking at issues that will more introduce equity. And I think perhaps that is where I would want to go for. Okay. Marissa. I mean, Marissa, you have been yeah. out in the cold here in Belmont because your audio was bad, but no, we called you. So um, can you continue on with, along? The, I think you're responding to something that Aria said or something that Nancy said. So um, could you go ahead and you know pick up where we left off before we end on the break? My thing was, my, my thing was Hubert, because I, I, see, I want to agree with, with Carolyn on, on certain things. I don't believe that a woman should enter the political arena and then look at us and say, you have to support me because you're a woman and I'm a woman, and so that's, that's the ground and basis on which my support must lie. I am sorry. A woman must come to the table with something other than the fact that she has a vagina. That is not going to cut it for me. I do not relate to other women just because we are genet- um, um, our physical attributes are the same. No. She has to have something else. I did not support Nancy in many of the things because I didn't even know she was having them. Honestly, she's one of the few women on the PUP or who were with the PUP that I could have actually respected and I, I could have really supported her had I known she was doing things and I, I, and I would have made the effort to go out, but I didn't know when she was having her functions and, and, if they don't reach out to us, we don't know how to reach back. When Lisa Schumann had her run, I went against many to support Lisa Schumann against um, the men that were running on the t- ticket. And I heard all kinds of things, including the fact that me and Lisa were lesbians, and that's why I'm supporting her. This is the, these are the things we come under when we are women in politics. That is fine. I don't have an issue with that. But I will not support women just because they are women. They must have something else for me to support them. I support Carolyn all the time. Carolyn, if Carolyn needs me, she knows where she can find me. We will support women as long as, and I keep saying it, as long as you bring something to the table when you are, when I look at you, you are the example that I would want my daughters to follow. That is another problem we're having with with politics because the men and women are not leaders that we would want our children to follow. These leaders that we're having fall way short of being leaders or role models. And I would believe that we need to put the same measuring stick on men. It is not a measuring stick that I, I want to apply just to women, but I think that as women, as the bearers of our children, as the, as the people who raise children most of the time, because men are not known to stay in and bottle feed or be there when the child first steps or the first words, and 
many of them leave with other women in, in mid of raising them. And you, like me, raise children alone. I have raised all my kids by myself without the help of their father. So if a woman is going to run on a slate and she is a single mom, she will automatically get my attention because I know the strength that that took for her to raise children on her own. If she is a sweetheart, I can't relate. I am going to have a problem with her being there because it's one of the values I don't want my children to look to. And if someone wants to take it that, oh, well, I'm judging the woman and I, I don't put that same requirement on a man or whatever, I, I, you know what, in that aspect, I don't. Because I don't care what a man does. I don't agree that women should do certain things. That is my principle. And it is one that I stand on and it is one that I look to my leaders for. And if my leaders will be women, then I expect them to be that way. Good. On the other note, where Carolyn says that for me, one of the problems with the the empowerment march was that I want empowerment to be real and tangible, something that I can see, touch, hear, feel, something. My sense must be engaged in it in somewhere. So if you're going to tell me you empowered me yesterday, and then today you're going to tell me you're going to cut my pay because I am working for my rights, then you didn't empower me yesterday. May I interject, please? Yeah, go ahead, Nancy. Nancy, um, before you interject, I just want to say, um, and I had this discussion with you. You, you know, you have to learn. Marissa Miller said that you, that you, that you. She didn't know that what was going on with your movement or what that you needed her help. I think that your, yours might sound like to me it's a question of being regional. You, perhaps your outreach need to be more national. I think Hubert. Um, I the, the problem was with um, with the PUP, and, and let me just say before I get into that, that, I think we're squandering the moment here, just talking the back and forth within the the inner parties. We need to talk. Uh, things more um, more real, but um, but the the problem was, and I, I admit that uh, maybe she didn't know me, I didn't know her, I, we we haven't met personally. But um, the mistake within the parties is when you're new and just coming into the party, nobody really knows you personally, except for the people that you knew before or, or before before politics, I guess. And these are the people that you reach out to. Um, I referred to Carolyn most of all because she's been my friend for so, much, so many years. She was the chairman of the party. And I know that other women in the PUP that were coming in and fresh were looking to her for guidance. And that's where we, we need to realize that when we put women in certain positions or we support women in certain positions, the... They are there, and we expect the guidance from them. We expect the support from them. So, like in my in my movement now, when a new person comes in, I make sure that everybody meets that person face to face, and we inform everybody. So we send out emails, and everybody knows what we're doing. And I think that was the flaw of the PUP. I don't know if it was just for women or if it was just for me that the information didn't trickle down. But I know for sure that for every single event that I had, Carolyn knew, Lisa knew, Miss um, uh, Leslie knew, um, you know, every, 
people, the people that I knew how to reach out to knew. And you know, I apologize if if um, Miss Alamea didn't get the information, but um, it was posted everywhere. Uh, but I think we're spending the moment talking about that. What we really want to talk about is how we move on, how being in the positions that certain women are, or us as leaders, how we can help the general populace of women, or the women going through struggles. Um, <clears throat> example, I work uh, very closely with Mary Open Doors, which is uh, um, a housing for women that have suffered domestic violence. We sent out the, the People's Front sent out a press release in December and again in January asking political parties and leaders to support a code of ethics for political leaders to follow as it relates to domestic violence. If a leader, be it man or woman, is found uh, guilty of domestic violence or guilty of child abuse, guilty of incest, that they would not be allowed to run for office. The only person Agreed. that supported that press release was the PNC, Wilmehia. And we sent it out. All the media houses covered it. We sent it directly to the parties. And this is something that we've been struggling with because me working on the ground and knowing these politicians that are doing these atrocities to women and children and having to look them in the face and seeing them in the House of Representatives, it's hard on me. I cannot respect somebody like that, and I cannot respect a woman that will support a representative or a leader that does things like that. And I agree that it's not having a vagina. It's being a woman. A woman is much more than having a vagina. So when I say as woman, I mean woman with integrity and morals. That's what I call a woman. A person um, can with I say something, uh, Hubert? Yes, Aria. Aria, because um, I think something, I think Ms. Marin is actually on the right track. Um, Ms. I, I, um, Carlin said something, and um, Ms. Marin, how do you pronounce her first name? Because Nefertari. Nefertari. Sorry, Nefertari. Nefertari. Okay. Well, Carlin said something that I did not like hearing. Um, she's saying that women have a romanticized view of entering into politics. But I want you to view it from a different perspective. Uh, if you are a minority... Aria, let me just correct you, please, before you respond. I said that we enter with that soul romantic, but we are also into politics, so we can be romantic, but appreciate the fact that you're entering into politics. Yeah, and but what are the things... Politics. One of the things I think that, um, and like I said, maybe I misinterpreted what you said, but one of the things that I um, heard was that, you know, when you're in politics, you're competing against everybody else, understood. But this is the reality. Imagine women are not minorities as in numbers, but we are minorities in representation. It is kind of unrealistic to expect that a woman to jump into a political spectrum, having to raise money. And I've heard both women on both sides always say this. You know, we live in a society where um, people do expect women to have certain roles. So if we want our women to be participating in politics, we need to be supportive in that aspect, make it 
an environment like what Ms. Marin is saying, where you introduce the woman to the, and you give them a push. It's almost like an affirmative action type program. Yes, we know that I'm not just supporting you because you're a woman, but when I look at the, the playing field, we have one elected woman in the National Assembly, one elected woman. 50% of the country are women. So to say that we're in a, it is not a living, level playing field. And this goes back to the same thing that people criticize the Supreme Court judge, what's his name, Clarence Thomas, for the exact same thing. It's like saying, well, I did it, therefore everybody else could, but that is really not the reality. The reality is that politics turns off a lot of qualified women in Belize. That is the reality of politics. Nobody wants their um, bedroom business to be called all kind of names. I'm sorry, that is inappropriate behavior for anyone to enter politics in. When you're going into politics, you're going in there so that you could represent the country to better believe. You're not going in there so that somebody can put you on a microscope and start with the nasty mudslinging that has become the norm of Belize and the Caribbean-type politics. It is important that these political parties start making an extra effort to start putting women on the forefront, to start, hey, you know what, I know you can't get sponsorship, but we know that we are going to reach out to our businessmen who sponsor us so that they can help you along. Because I know that, hey, if I'm running against, for example, Mr. Musa, or if I'm running against Mr. Barrow, they have a wealth of opportunities to reach out to businessmen and collect funds. We cannot realistically expect the, even their offspring, we cannot realistically expect women to jump into that arena and, hey, suddenly I'm going to get money and different stuff if we do not create they, we do not create opportunities for them to learn how to do it. We need to do mentorship programs where maybe you have a woman go under one of these very successful politicians and learn how it is done and then put them out there. But when you just put them out there because, hey, I'm just trying to make up the numbers and I just want to say I have women, it's like taking someone who can't swim and throwing them in the water with sharks because that's basically what's going on. And then, hey, I made the effort. You didn't really do it. Sorry. That, that is not a legitimate, legitimate, um, you did not legitimately try to get her involved in politics. And let's put it this way. We don't want a woman elected because she has a vagina, but we don't want a man elected because he has a penis either. Okay. Whatever standard that you put on a woman, you should have that exact standard because the Amen. morality issue, if it's a morality issue, you should have a problem that he has a, a, a limited issue with morality. Okay, let's All just say this then. Aria, let me just say this. There are certain commonalities that we have as human beings, character traits that transcend gender. Honesty, integrity, commitment, sincerity, these are things that are truism, regardless of what you, whether you have a penis or a vagina. So let's just say we look for certain character traits that we want to be endemic in all of our leaders 
you know, like, like the ones I just mentioned, those character traits that we have in common. Now, as far as personality, I'm not going to judge you based on your personality. You might be a person that gets angry very easily. You might be a person that's more sanguine and cool. So I'm not going to judge you based on your personality traits, but I will, in fact, question your character as it relates to your leadership. No, let's move on. Um, as, no, okay, we said 50%, we have Belize as a population with more than 50% women, but what about the women in the diaspora, the people in the diaspora? What role, if any, Caroline, would you like to see, uh, you, would you envision with the people in the diaspora playing to augment the development of Belize? I think, um, um, Hubert and my colleagues who are on here, um, I think women within Belize, before you can even think of going to the diaspora, we have to be clear and certain as to what we want for Belize and what we want out of politics. Um, it is not an easy road. I can say this because there is a lot of distrust um, among women from opposing views. Um, I want to highlight a point that Nancy raised, which I will fully in um, agree to. Within political parties, you need to have the kind of what I call orientation, may perhaps that is the best word, in terms of individual community. That is lacking um, across the board, and I can say it is something that needs to be plugged. And it's not just for men, it's also for men. Um, and that is where people lose sight and focus as to why they are entering politics and what the political parties are about. Um, but having said that, uh, I know for a fact, for example, that Darla Bowman, who was, has been someone who have, has a long history in spearheading women, women started a um, political cause. And one of the things that I'm using as an example to, 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 to fortify my point, one of the things she wanted to do, I still think is important, is for women to join forces across the political line. Um, to start to identify what are the issues that women want to see so that when you go back to your political parties, you have common ground on issues. That is one. If we can do that as women within beliefs, it's like a family birth. If your family not get together and decide what it is the family wants, then you can go outside, go talk about how is it that you can help to supplement what we, we are looking at. Now, in terms of women outside of Belize, one of the things I would want to see them do is perhaps help with the networking. How can women build support with women outside of Belize who can be inspirations, who can be mentors, who can be the ones, um, you know, helping you along the way when things get rough, do get rough because the distractions come, the obstacles come, will tell you to stay focused and keep going. Um, that is one area. Another area always have to do with financing and support. And that support not necessarily mean cash. It could be helping you with things like ads, helping you set up websites, helping you with campaign paraphernalia, helping you with campaign strategies, communication strategies, election strategies, and so on and so forth. And when the election is going to be held, come in to believe like the many people who come in to vote, come in and can provide the kind of support for women on the ground 
in a in a in, in a way that cuts across the political line. Um, in other words, if I have some hundred women coming in, these are the women that are running. Let us divide ourselves among these women and go to help. And I think those are perhaps some of the areas that can can help to work with women. But before it reaches there, women in Belize has to come together. I go back and, um, and make reference to um, Derla's um, initiative, which I think was an excellent initiative. I know there are women who have joined CONIC. Unfortunately, it's taking a little long to, to, to merge because I keep saying it is trust that is among women. Um, but let us look at examples, and Aria has been talking about all studies. Um, you look at their political caucuses around the world, and when women gain, when women gain grounds in terms of addressing women issues and concerns, it's because women across the political divide find common ground, and that is what we need to do in Belize: find common ground. Okay, um, uh, Marissa, you know, I, Carolyn gave her viewpoint as how she thinks that you know we can have a commonality for women across Belize in general, but in the in diaspora as well. What do you, how, how do you view some sort of partnership, or how can you engage? How, what, what do you think? How can we engage the, the diaspora of women or people in the diaspora to 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 lend a hand to enhance the empowerment of women in our, in our society to make it a better place? Uh, honestly, Hubert, I, I think that we need to focus more on getting getting everything in order before we start touching all kinds of stuff and 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 making a big mess i i think we don't even have a handle on how much how much we can participate in in politics it's i agree with aria you know aria puts a very good point across we are not we don't respect women like we have them there but and we see that we need them but there is no real value to them and, and where, Ari, where Aria says that we need to start doing that, I fully agree with her. I think we need to start focusing on how much a woman does for even the men who are in leadership positions. We don't even have that minimal respect. I think we are used, we are abused, and we are put on the wayside until they need us again. That's the reality of it. If we want to get in politics, we have to understand that it's a devil we have to play with. Whether we want to or not, it is what exists. And unless we face those things, and unless we face that, this is what you want to do. It's like if I want to go be a mechanic. It's not a traditional female feel. It's a male feel. So I can't expect anybody to try to remove the head out of the engine for me. I have to figure out how I'm going to do that myself because I'm the one who wants to be a mechanic. That's when I, when I chose to do my ordinary technician diploma, electrical mechanical engineering. My teachers were very clear to me, you are one of 36 men. Therefore, do not expect any special favors in here. You need to pass like everybody else. You have to do it like everybody else. The boys were instructed never to help me. So I had to do it all by myself. Politics is very much the same. 
we get into it knowing that it's a dom- male-dominated field, and we must do what we have to do to to be what we want to be. My point. Nancy, Nancy, you care to uh, interject on the same question that I had along the lines of, um, you know, the involvement of the the diaspora, you know, and the, how how they can enhance the women in Belize. Uh, Hubert, um, I think I've, I've before made my position clear as it relates to the diaspora. Um, I, I see the diaspora contribute a lot to our country, to the economy of our country. Um, I myself get a lot of assistance from the diaspora. Um, we all do. And I do not think it would be fair to continue asking you guys for financial support, for technical support, not give you your you're born right as a Belizean to vote by proxy in our elections and also to contest uh, for political office. Um, the Belize People's Front has taken the challenge to, to actually fight for this cause for the diaspora. And somebody like Carolyn is in a better position than I am to lobby for something like this. Um, uh, to me, you guys have a, a born Belizean right and we need to give that to you or return that right to you and have you come and vote. And we don't expect you to leave your jobs in the U.S. that you are using. Don't many of them come and vote as is? Um, Yes, but... I think many of them participate. Many of them come in to vote, um, Marisa, but we are talking about voting by proxy. Not everybody can leave their jobs and come down to vote. I mean, they they have their vacation time schedule and they can't do... So you, you are not living in this country. You don't really understand what you're going to put me through when you do, when you do cast your vote, but you want me to give you the right to vote and put me in the mess to live in? No, I don't agree with that. Sorry. You're looking at it in a different perspective, Marisa. We have expats... What's that the perspective I have to look at it, Nancy? I live in Belize. It's us that are going to have to deal with the leaders. So do I live in Belize. And how much does the people living in the diaspora contribute to Belize? They still have families here that they're supporting. They still send their money back. The reason they're living... Abroad is not because they wanted to abandon Belize. It's because Belize did not provide the opportunities for them to stay in Belize. And a lot of them, and I would go as far as to say, most of them would want to return to Belize. Indeed. Aria, you yes. can interject on that, this subject because we've, we, have, we have talked about this a lot, you know, the involvement of the diaspora and how, you know, and I, I respect what Marissa is saying. Marissa, don't get me wrong. I've heard that argument, you know, about, you know, about, um, you know, uh, about... Uh, Hubert, before you go there, let me, can I just, can I just finish my statement with yeah, go ahead. to Marisa, please? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, sorry, we, we have expats that come in that have dual nationalities, that bank their money, that bank their money in the U.S. or in the U.K. We have them for us. We, we have, we, we give the right to Guatemalans, which is unconstitutional, to vote for us. They don't live in the yet or politician use them to that. So why are we not giving the rights to a barn Belizean? Honestly, if I had my way, I would scrap the entire registration list in this entire country and start all over. Because there's a bunch of people on there that I do not agree need to vote. 
And because of the nationalist issues we have right now, because of all the problems we are seeing, and because we know our politicians have sold our citizenship to their benefit, then I believe that we need to start from scratch. Yes. Disregard the the registration list and let's start all over. Who's here? Vote. Nobody else. Go ahead, Nancy. Nancy, go ahead. No, I agree with her that we need to scrap that voters list and start over again because, yes, there's a lot of people that shouldn't be voting. There's so much people there and that when a business on there. Yes, agreed. All right, so um, we, we're in your agreement with that particular issue there. Aria, um, what's, your, what's your position on, on why? Well, tell the well, audience what's your position in this area. Well, I think that everybody has um, valid reasons why they may not want someone to vote or to vote. But that's a democracy. It's about um, getting all your citizens to make a decision, regardless of where they live, to vote, and I'll tell you why it benefits Belize. Um, the diaspora gives almost a billion dollars to Belize a year. In fact, without the support of the diaspora, the, the economy would probably be crashing, and that, that is a reality. Um, secondly, to me, and this is my opinion, the day we decided to give people Belizean citizenship, we have to deal with the consequences of what we did. So now that we gave 30,000 Guatemalan citizenship, now we have to look at how we can integrate those citizens to become Belizeans in thinking and acting and everywhere else. We decided to do this. I, I think at this at this but, but are here, how are we going to change our culture? No, but, but, you know, the, let me how tell you how we're we going can. to change their culture. I would much rather you vote that's in the diaspora than a Guatemalan that was imported. And I am with you on that. But the point is, at this it's like today, we can't go backwards with citizenship. We can only go forward. So what we, the people that we have that are Belizeans today, those are Belizeans regardless of where they come from. What we have to do now on a policy level is that we need to look at why, what is happening in our country because if we continue bleeding our citizenship like this, realistically in 50 years Belize will not be mostly Belizean born. And that is a reality. It's already that way, I think. We are already third-class third citizens in Belize. It's already that way. But then I, 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 I look at that. Okay, hold on, ladies. Hold on, one at a time. One at a time. Registration. One at a time, ladies. Go ahead. Oh, that's on. fine, Marissa. I can diaspora to. I can talk for Belmopan area where you and I grew up. We have about eight thousand four hundred voters on the registration list, and I am telling you, with no exaggeration, forty-five percent of that list at minimum is nationalization. In fact, if I send you an e-copy of our registration list, you will see nationalization goes right down, right down, right down, then you'll see Belizean. Then you'll see Belizean, like every, every 10, 20, you'll see a Belizean. Yeah. And, and Marita. So they are already today. And, 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 and that's exactly the same in my area. And, and let me tell you, ladies, 
the reality is that they are blazing, so we can't change that. The only thing we could do is try to get them to assimilate. But if we scrap the list, don't you think that that would work? No, if we just, just scrap the whole list and start all over. I'll tell you what will happen if we re-register Belize. We'll probably end up with more foreigners on our voters list than Belizean because then you have scrapped every Belizean when they're at home at the time. That's what will really happen. I Let's ask the Deputy Party Leader of the People's United Party her take on this because she is in a position of power and to influence policy more than any of us right now. So, Caroline, what is your position on what these ladies are discussing this topic here um, with the diaspora and the vote by proxy, etc.? I, I think it's excellent. And why I say it's excellent because the three of them are addressing issues which are national issues which have an impact on women and families. So I, I want to start from that standpoint, that it is not just women issues they're looking at, but they're looking at national issues, and those are the kind of discussions we need to have in Belize. And I always say that it is going to be women who are going to elevate the discussion of what is our key. And so my first point. My second point is that the question that you had posed, uh, Hubert, was mm -hmm. the contributions of the diaspora supporting yes. women in, in, in politics and beliefs. But I am glad that it, it, it went that way because that is good. So, But having said that, two um, things. Um, one, Aria is quite right in saying that the Constitution of Belize provides the, the, the conditions um, under which people become citizens of this country. And once you're a citizen of this country, it's irrelevant as to whether it's by naturalization or by birth. Um, you are a citizen, or by descent, you are a citizen of this country. So that is one. Two, when it comes to the issue of registration, there is a law that says that we are supposed to have registration every 10 years, unless it is within six months between um, a national election. When the election was called in 2008, um, the uh, the, re the re registration exercise was supposed to have been con conducted in 2007 um, by August, starting in August, uh, July, August, and that happened to be within the six months of the 2008 um, requirement, which if you recall was February, no? Um, mm -hmm. And so that re registration was postponed. The longer we continue to postpone the re registration the longer the whole process of equity and equality is not going to be addressed. Um, Marissa and Nancy um, made some valid points. You have divisions like Fort George, Queen Square, which are 3,000 and something. And then you have divisions like Sanford West, like Kaya South, and so on and so forth, like 7,000 and 8,000 people. Clearly, there is no equality or equity in terms of representation. And that is very serious as to how resources of this country are distributed at the local level in terms of people having equality of opportunities. So it's very important. But would you support voting by proxy, though? Would you support voting by proxy? And that okay, is something ahead. that we have to support. The third point which we have to support, and I have no um, qualms in saying this, we have to be able to support our Belizeans who are registered to vote, who may leave the country, 
to have them vote by proxy. I don't have any issue with that. But the point is that there must be a process of registration. And the process of registration does not eliminate the ability of any Belizean, um, any Belizean um, from registering to vote once you comply with the condition of the Registration Act. Now, when you leave Belize, as many people do, um, do you have that right to vote? Yes, you do, once you're on that list. And I think that may be the next step that we have to look at how we can give effect to ensuring that those persons who are on our voters list who may not live in Belize have that right to vote also. Um, the issue then becomes also, and it has to be managed carefully, and I say this because if you look at the statistical data, what becomes very clear, and I think Dr. Palacio started this when he did an exercise in looking at the Belizean in diaspora. You have to be able to, make, to create that balance that those persons who live outside of Belize are not making the decisions for those living in Belize. That, that in itself can then become an issue. And so we have to be able to, as I continue to create the balance, in terms of the contributions of the diaspora and to Belize, many ways such diaspora can contribute. And there are many ways they can be represented. They can even be represented in terms of how we govern to ensure that the views and thoughts of the diaspora who contribute so much, and Aria has talked up, economically, socially, technically, in so many ways, how is it that they are represented and be part of the discourse? Similarly, like how we were able to create positions within our Senate, for example, the union, for the business community, for the church, if you are looking at a critical mass, thousands and thousands and thousands of Belizeans who are out there, why not give them a voice as well? And so these are some of the things that we ought to be discussing, and this is why I, I, I reiterate and say I love that even though we talk about supporting women, we shifted a bit to this because these are the kind of national dialogues we need to discuss. Indeed. If you're going to look at the re-registration, um, the reality is what... Um, um, Maria has said, well, and that reality is we have to deal with it, we have to accept it, and then we now have to manage it. And how we manage it is going to determine what is going to be that Belizean identity that we've also precious to in the next 25 and 30 and 50 years. Um, yeah. That, to my mind, is important. Okay. You know, I mean, ladies, uh, we don't have a lot of time left. Because you know we you know we're coming up and we have like less than maybe seven minutes left, and I and I I, I wanted to, I I'm, I I focused the discussion along these lines for the last part of the show because I wanted to give each one each and every one of you an opportunity to address the listeners who are listening because hundreds of them are listening to this show right now as to you know what are some of the dynamic issues that that is affecting the impediment of our of our development and. And I want, I'm going to give each of you an opportunity in about two minutes or so to give me, to, you know, to, a parting shot. Starting with you, Marissa. Marissa. Hello. Yeah, go ahead and give us yes. a parting shot. Um, uh, make it very brief because we don't have we, don't, we have less than five minutes. First, 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 let me say thank you for for inviting me to to be a part of, of this panel with all these dynamic women that, that are on here. 
Um, I honestly believe that these types of discussions and these types of, of panels are, are the ones that are going to move us forward because it's wide. The, we are not all the same. We all bring different things to the table, and because of that, I think that we, we can um, empower other women better by having these types of discussions because they are open to hearing grassroots and, and the more elite women of society this way. Um, I, I am glad that, that we are trying somehow to look at things in a, in a very independent and open mind. And I think that that's where we need to go as, as a Belize. We need to start looking at the little, little women that are on the streets, the single mothers with the five, six children, the women that are in their careers and don't want to have anything to do with men. And we need to try to draw the strength from each one and see, how, see where the common ground is. Because we are all women, so that, that means we do have some common ground, and, and that's where we can help each other. But, but I want real tangible things. I don't want you to talk to me that you can empower me, because I, I, I don't believe that empowerment can come from other people. It can, we can look at a, another woman as I can look at Aria or at Tarlin or at, at Maria and say, I really admire this about them or that about them, and I wish I could do this or wish I could do that like them, and, and maybe try to mold myself a little bit more. Um, but, but empowerment is, is from within, and, and we have to see where our value lies okay. as women. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much, Marissa. I want to thank you. Uh, uh, go ahead, Nancy. Your, your, your party should make it brief because we, we really, really up at the, the clock now. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for inviting me again, Hubert, um, and thank all of you ladies for, for sharing the panel with me. Um, I want to say that when women are included in leadership, the quality of decision-making improves, the quality of life improves for families. Um, women in public life correlates with less corruption, and this is what Belize needs. So I want to challenge all of the women on this panel to choose a woman. It doesn't have to be just any woman with a vagina, but choose a strong woman that you want to support and put your 100% support behind that woman, be it UDP, PUP, any kind of P. And let's push for women in leadership position because our country is calling for it, our country needs it. Thank you. Yes, excellent. Aria? Um, again, thanks, Hubert, for being part of this uh, distinguished uh, panel. Um, I think all the ladies have made excellent points. You know, in Belize, we need to refocus on our ethics and on and rules, and um, we we really need to go back to the basics of holding people accountable. I think ultimately it boils down to accountability in our system. Um, thank right. you very much. Thank you. Uh, okay, Carlin, you have the last word. <laughs> Thanks a lot, and certainly <laughs> I want to echo what the um, other um, women have said, um, that it has been great having the discussion and raising it, elevating it to another level. Um, clearly, when your population is just right down the middle, half and half, any exclusion of women is then excluding half the brain structure, half the knowledge, half experiences that are needed. Four quick points that as women we need to look at. One, we need to start looking at women empowerment as a means to an end. Let us focus on not so much about gaining power, 
But what is it we want to do to the power to be effective? Two, we need to be able to sharpen the issues, ensure that people can appreciate and relate and connect the issues that we are dealing with as women to see how it has said growth and development of Belize. Three, education and knowledge of, um, of all women regarding their rights um, and what, what exists, what are the deficiencies, what are the weaknesses, so that they can have rallying points. And four, let us move in this new era away from divisive um, politics and divisive approaches and strategies and focus on partnership because at the end of the day, we need all the form common ground, not only within women, but between men and women. Thanks a lot, um, Hubert, and certainly thanks to all of you women who have been with me. Let us continue the discussion. I want to thank all of you. you excellent, excellent. One of my best shows. I feel so accomplished today. Um, I want to tell everyone out there that you were listening to some dynamic women from Belize, and you, you, I learned a lot, and I'm hoping that I can continue this again all month. You do the right thing. God bless you. Have a good day.